Hey everyone, welcome to JoJo's World. Greetings and salutations, mi amigos. I don't know what I was actually going with this time. I don't know what country I'm meant to be going with at all. We're not in a country anymore, we're in a mansion. A mansion, Liam. I can't have a greeting for in a mansion. I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Nick Valentine, the other one of the co-hosts. This is our JoJo's Bizarre Adventure recap and discussion podcast. We talk about JoJo's as if it's part of our own lives. I mean, really, we've been watching it more or less every week for over a year now. True, so. it really is part of our lives now, isn't it? Yeah. If nothing else, it is our lives. I wouldn't go that far. Oh, okay, all right. Today we watch the 68th episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, which is also the 42nd episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 3 Stardust Crusaders, and uh-huh. the 18th episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 3 Stardust Crusaders Season 2 Battle in Egypt. Okay, we got there in the end. What's it, it called? It covers... Oh, do- oh. The second half of uh, chapter 236 mm-hmm. through to the uh, around the first half of chapter 240 of the manga. Nice. That is a sizable... It is entitled The Miasma of the Void, Vanilla Ice. <laughs> For reasons that should be very obvious. Yeah. This episode is brought to you, lovely people, by Zachary Webb. Zachary Webb. Zachary Webb. Zachary Webb. Thank you for... Hey, Zach. How's it going? Thank you so much for your contributions. Thanks for trapping us in your web of appreciative uh, donations. We'll be sure to web you later. I don't know what other puns you can make with web that don't sound like Spider-Man. So on an unrelated note, uh, we've been to the pub before recording this episode. (laughs) Yes. So it's going to be a little loosey-goosey. We've uh, we've been slightly mad lads. Uh, They're at it again. (laughs) We we kind of went, you know what, we probably shouldn't drink this time. And then we got there and went, eh, fuck it. May as well. We're at the pub. Why not? We'll have two of your strongest beers. <laughs> they really were the strongest beers, weren't they? They're good. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, we'll Nick. Make... Yes. I want to share with you some words of wisdom. Yeah. From a very special friend of mine. What's his name? Well, it's... Uh, Assuming it's a he, of course. Hirohiko Araki, uh, oh. the author of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Oh. And artist. Oh, my. Now, if you recall, last author's note left us on a bit of a cliffhanger where he was having a terrifying dream about being a wrestler on live television. Yes, I remember this quite distinctly because I haven't slept since, um, (laughs) yeah. For fear of having similar sumo-based dreams, I'm sure. Precisely. Continued from last volume. So in my dream, I'm facing a sumo wrestler on national TV and trying to avoid being the biggest coward in Japan. I try to continue concoct a plan to lose the match without getting hurt. I get in the ring and the referee says Miate, ordering me and the other wrestler to face one another. The other wrestler is glaring at me and his face is four times the size of mine. <laughs> There's an open wound on his forehead, probably from yesterday's brutal match. The wound starts to twitch and blood oozes out of it. I'm pretty sure I let, a- let out a piercing scream at that point. The end. Wait, that's the end? Yeah. No, no. Okay, I'm not having this, all right? The end. Oh, wow, it really does just say the end. I mean, come on, what? No, you can't leave me on this. You'll never know what his clever scheme to get out of being hurt was. Was it waking up? I guess so. Shit. It's the one scheme that works every time. Nick, do you ever have any recurring dreams that end on annoying cliffhangers? I do, actually. I do have this one Okay, I didn't expect that, actually. (laughs) So there's this one dream where I swear I'm talking to one of my friends. And then as soon as I'm about to engage in discussion with them and realise what we're talking about, I just wake up. I'm like, what? Why? Why? I want to know what the hell we were just talking about. You know, it's this really weird sensation of we're talking, but I don't know what we're talking about. Or maybe that's just my... Nick, sounds like you have a lot of social anxiety. (laughs) What can I say? So, Nick. Yes. 
The Miasma of the Void, Vanilla Ice. Yes. Preliminary thoughts on this episode. Holy shit. Amazing. A lot happens. A lot happens. A lot happens for a mere four chapters or so. I think it's partially because they're just trying to get you to the good bit with Dio now. (laughs) So you kind of have this massive bit where it's like... I'm going to cut you off there. Oh? Trust me, we've reached the good bit. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. Well, like, we've had, what, six stand users so far in Egypt. Or maybe five or six? No, more than that, because there were nine glory gods. Oh, never mind. Okay. We've had eight stand users. Nine. Well, this will be the ninth. No, we just defeated the ninth this episode. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay, yes. So we've had eight where it's like, okay, all right, you haven't gone into Dio's mansion yet, and now we're in Dio's mansion. So now it feels like... It's kicking off. Right. This is the equivalent of Caesar busting into the hotel that Cars used as his. Exactly. Where now we're at endgame, we're ready to roll, we really are picking a lot. We are peaking a lot. We should address the technical issues that we've been having. <laughs> I've, I've tweeted about this. You may have seen it. My computer has had a pretty significant meltdown in the past few days. I'm using my laptop. So if the recording di- environment is different for any reason, it's it's due to that. I'm just going to adjust the gain now. I'll just keep watching, shall I? I'll just keep watching and talking loudish. I think that's better. I'm not Great. entirely sure. Apologies for the peaks, listener. But we're not going to go back and have all that conversation again. <laughs> no, of course not. Yeah, so it feels like we're at the end game. Now things can happen, you know? And, Weird. like, um, big things can happen. Yeah, sure. Like, character-breaking things can happen. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I was saying to you before, I really like the way that this episode resolves because it's simultaneously so dumb but so good. Oh, like, you, you can't really see it coming that well. And then you see it and you go, oh, my God, that's so dumb. I love it. I just love the... um the sort of juxtaposition of this episode in, in the um the resolution of Joseph Kakuin and Jodoro's dumb video game adventure and the beginning of the sort of nightmare horrorscape that uh, <laughs> Avdol, uh, Polnareff and Iggy find themselves in. Yes, where they just kind of go through and go, oh, well, this is Oh, we're unexpected. fighting the deadliest enemy we've ever faced. <laughs> Literally can do something that... Nothing else in the universe should be able to. Yeah. And yet here we are. Here we are. Let's get into the episode. Okay. So we pick up pretty much where we left off with Jotaro making unfailing eye contact with Joseph and being like, are you deaf, old man? I said, I'm going to throw a high straight pitch to the outside. And uh, I think at this point we get inside Darby's head. Yeah. He's like, what did you just say? What, do you think I'm stupid? My stand has, like, special vision that lets me see your soul and ask it questions. I never mentioned that because that's my ace in the hole. Card games, my brother. So it seems to be that his whole shtick isn't mind reading so much as soul reading. But he can only ask yes or no questions and we get various cutaways from this episode where almost like a different frame is being slided in over the one... Mm. Um, that we've previously been looking at. and Like a filter kind of thing. Yeah, and Jotaro's, like, made of blue fire. Uh, that's his soul, sure. actually. And against a black void, and then Darby will ask him a question, and the words yes or no uh, will pop up repeatedly around him in answer to the question. So good. As his voice says, yes, 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 yes. Or yes. No, 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 no. I just love the fact that he's so calm while he's doing it as well. So yeah, it's yeah. like, are you going to throw it? It's like, yes, 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 mm. yes. <laughs> just still slightly monotone. 
Not enough to really get keen, but there it is. So Darby's monologuing. He's like, yes, I don't know 100% of the time what he's going to do. Is he going to throw to the to the left, to the right, up high, down low, too slow? Can when the question me? is asked, his soul will answer. And then we do the OP. So, sure. <laughs> okay. There's one thing I want to mention about the OP in this episode. Um, yep. I've mentioned before that they do some stuff with the the OP animated sequence that we can only really talk about when we get into the end game. Go on. And we haven't quite reached that point yet. Oh. But um you know that se- that segment where um like it's on the stairwell and we see all the protagonists and then it has, there's like a musical sting and yes. There's a point in that where a bunch of different holes are punched into the credits. Holes? Like the, the the characters, the Japanese characters that make up the credits mm-hmm. are on the screen. And then as this guitar riff plays, like they're basically like holes are blown in them. Huh. And for a long time, ooh, and for a long time, I mean like the period in which these episodes were coming out. Okay. I thought that was meant to be Vanilla Ice's stand ambiently being around doing that thing where it blows holes in walls like we see it do, do it once this episode uh. it's not that but oh. i thought that's what it was and i thought that was worth just discussing oh okay all right i mean now that you've told me that it's not that i don't think it's that i think it might be something else <laughs> I don't, what if it relates to the world i can't say anything ooh. more Ooh. what if the world just eats things oh you mean exactly like the stand we've encountered this yeah. week yeah <laughs> what if the world is this unnamed stand that belongs to Vanilla Ice? Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, what if Vanilla Ice is Dio's stand? <gasps> what if? What if Vanilla Ice's stand is his blood? Ooh. Anyway. Anyway. So Darby asks where he's going to pitch, and Jodoro is like, yes, 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 yes. He's like, I know where he's going to pitch. He's going to throw a high straight to the outside, just like he declared. He defeated my bro. Oh, hang on. What was my Darby voice I was doing last week? Oh, oh God! I can't remember. He defeated my brother by bluffing, but he can't intimidate me. What an idiot! Anyway, here we go, <laughs> and, and we away see... we go. <laughs> the pitch happening in sort of slow motion, and Darby smugly remarking, "Remember, if there's an eleven-point difference, the game is called." <laughs> that doesn't mean I'm going to get it, but I'm totally <laughs> going to get it. The pitch happens, and at the last minute, the ball curves down. He's <gasps> always like, what? How did he change it up without my knowing? That's impossible. He manages to hit it still, but it, it flies it's low. It's sort of like a little punt. And one of the enough. infielders manages to capture it, which, as we all know from baseball, is an instant out. Oh, no, isn't this one where he catches it and it has to throw it to the base? Oh, right you are. Yes, Catches you. it, throws it to the base, batter out. Batter out. Which, as we all know, means he's out. Mm-hmm. Although he has two more batters, I think. That's how baseball works. Yeah. Sure. Though I don't remember seeing what happened to the next batter, actually. Wasn't it the same thing where he's it like... It must have been. Yeah, yeah, anyway. Anyway. Darby freaks out. Darby's like, how did you do this? His invincible soul-reading power has been countered somehow. And basically the rest of this part of the episode is about him trying and failing to figure out what's going on. So Jotaro calmly goes, yeah, I'm just going to do the same thing again. There you well, go. For, there's a bit more drama before that first. Because Darby's like, what? How? He definitely chose to throw it like that. Even a holy man like a Buddha or a con artist like my brother couldn't fool my special power. And he, he does some investigation. He says, are you cheating? And for some reason, the soul reading thing says, I do, I do, I do, I do. I do. I feel like that's a translation thing that doesn't quite, hasn't quite come through correctly. Mm, no, that doesn't sound right at all. It should be yes or no. Mm. Yes. Mm. I mean, are you cheating? Yes or no? That still makes sense. Why would they pick I do? I don't know. Anyway. I feel like it's a grammar thing that hasn't quite translated properly. Yeah, probably. Probably. 
Again, Jotaro declares he's going to throw a fork ball low to the outside. Guess what he does? Not that. Not at all. To, to this time, yeah, it's a, it's, it pops up and they catch it and he's out. Yep. Yep. And it's, I just love seeing um, Star Platinum just there looking up at the sky with a mitt. Just being like, and boop, so delicate. So mm-hmm. delicately done. Just catching that egg right in its nest. <laughs> it's just the face on him as well, where he's always looking very perturbed, very angry. Yeah. And he's just there waiting for a baseball. I'm going to get this one. <laughs> Much like his older brother, Darby is sort of losing his composure and becoming a bit haggard now. But how did he get... How did he know? You must have rigged the console somehow. No, 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 no. Okay, well, the, the, get out of your seat, you little shit. You're cheating. What kind of trick are you doing? And I like this shot because it's the shot of Jotaro in Soul Vision with just lots of ellipses popping up because it's mm. like, oh, yeah, it has to be a yes or no question, Dan. Sorry. <laughs> so neglectful of me to forget my own power. <laughs> And also, he's Jotaro's just sitting there so casually, like, resting his head on his fist. Well, I mean, what else is he going to do? He knows he's got this in the bag now. He's Jotaro. Yeah. He's Jotaro Kujo. Nothing's going to break his composure. Yeah. And also, right now, Jotaro manages to figure out from the fact that Darby hasn't immediately rumbled at what he's done that he can only ask his stand yes or no questions. So he's just like, I see you can only ask yes or no questions. Your brother like to say it's... Oh, sorry, Jotaro voice. Mm. Yeah. Your, bro- your brother like to say it's not cheating if you don't get caught. Ooh, shit. Darby gets very offended. It's just like, don't speak like you know me, man. I'm Darby. <laughs> Who do you think you're talking to? I'm great. I'm a butler. I got this mind power. I'm good at video games. I'm gonna fuck you up, son. Yeah. Go on. Go ahead and do your last pathetic pitch. I'll figure out what you're doing and I'll get your soul. So, uh, spoiler alert, he, he doesn't. No. This this plays out in sort of super ultra slow motion from Darby's perspective. He, go, he goes to start the pitch mm-hmm. and Darby's like, straight high outside. Yes, 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 yes. I've got this. He's going to do that. Okay, I've, I'll figure out what his trick is. He, but he's definitely doing that at this point. The pitch is happening. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, that's good. That means it's definitely happening. Means he has to have done it. Yep. That's how the stand works. The ball flies forward and forks down and he misses it. Son of a bitch! Still, Jotaro, yes, 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 yes. But th- what? How? What? How did this even happen? I mean, I don't fucking know. I'm yeah. not a genius. I don't know. And for some reason, that one strike gets the batter out. Well, no, we've had two batter outs so far, so... But that strikes aren't cumulative between batters, are they? No, no, no. He got first batter out, second batter out, and then that one... This was a strike, though. You get three strikes. Was it a strike? I thought it was batter out. Well, he missed it, and it went to the kick. Well, no, he hit it with the bat. There was a little... Oh, thing. did he? Oh, yeah. I missed that. So that means batter out. Yes, then the keeper caught it. and Classic star platinum oh, keeper. Classic baseball. <laughs> you know, it's times like this I really like to just take a moment and think, oh, that's a baseball. That is a baseball. Isn't it? Just such a baseball. <laughs> you know, walking down the street, minding my own business, <laughs> looking down at the ground. <laughs> when the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's, that's a, a baseball. baseball. You know? Oh, classic. Classic. <laughs> classic baseball. <laughs> Joseph breathes like a loud sigh of relief at this point. Darby's basically hyperventilating. Darby is freaking the fuck out because he knows. I don't know how he lied. He intended to throw us straight, but his pitch changed. How? I think Joseph remarks that he looks really old now. Yeah, yeah. He's like, man, he's really not looking like a guy in his 20s, is he? Oh, and Jotaro points at him and says, like, he points at him with ambient sound. Wait, so does he say woof? He he doesn't say woof, but as he points, (laughs) there is that sound of a And he says, I'll defeat you, Darby. I'll get you, son. If you recall recall last time, Mm. he's learned how to bat now. (laughs) 
Yeah, he pretty much knows how to play the game. And now he knows Darby's how Darby's stand works, so he can't psych him out and make him miss more batting again. Ooh. So Jotaro being up to bat, things are really in his favour. Yeah, he is keen as shit to get it over with. Yeah. In that classic Jotaro fashion where there's no emotion on his face <laughs> or his speech patterns. <laughs> <laughs> Darby's scrambling. He's like, uh, well, obviously it all started to go not my way when you took off your hat. So it's got to be something to do with that, right? No, no. He, he no. runs on, I'm going to inspect your seat and your controller. And, and so he, they're, he does, they're both like, yeah, all right. And they, it, they, they walk a couple of meters away. Yeah, there's nothing wrong here. It's fine. I don't know how, but your hat is how you're cheating, right? Nope. Nope, that's not it. Oh, and he's asking, he is, of course, asking his soul. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Shall I? No, no. <laughs> Thank you. No, no. Something around here then? No. No, 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 no. Are you doing no. something with Star Platinum? No, no, no. You rigged something though, right? Yes. <laughs> of course I did. <laughs> you fucking idiot. Of course I did. <laughs> and then they're all like, wow, he looks old now. <laughs> Doesn't look like a kid in his 20s anymore. I think the next shot we get of is his, like, his hand yeah. in his head. Or his head in his hand, sorry. It's just they're going, how the fuck? Fuck, did he beat me? I can read souls, but why is he different? Okay, I can I can win back win back a run in time. I'm a video game genius. There's no way I can lose. <laughs> being good at games and, is being good at life. Yeah, my mind has been schooled through many battles. I'm invincible. An expert at video games is an expert at life. Okay, so this is why so, everyone hates let's riding. Take a from moment to unpack this. Unpack this. <laughs> Okay, yep, alright. What is the problem here, Liam? Because this sounds great. As someone who reviews video games, this sounds like a very reasonable point of view to make, <laughs> you know? So, you're not learning any valuable life <laughs> skills by playing video games over and over again? I'm sorry, are you saying that playing Winston every match has not made me more like an ape? Now, I know you've never played Overwatch. <laughs> I haven't, no, I really haven't. And you know how I know that? How? I asked your soul with my special power. Shit. Are you Darby? This no, whole time? I'm, my stand lets me figure out what video game characters people have played. <laughs> no, I've only exclusively been playing Widowmaker. Ah. Uh, yeah, I'm the worst. Mm -hmm. yeah. At least you're not a Hanzo. Oh, God. Don't even Did I ever tell you about that guy who was deliberately tanking competitive matches as a Hanzo to see how low he could get his rating? Yeah, didn't he, like, flick it back over? Well, his whole thing was he wasn't going to deliberately try to lose... But he wasn't good at Hanzo, and then at a certain point, he got to such a low ranking that he sort of had to actively start handicapping himself. Because he couldn't get any lower without trying. Because, yeah, at a certain point, the people at that level are just so bad. <laughs> and wow. something that's, that he noticed is that the, the lower he got, the angrier people got to. Huh. Okay. That's interesting. Because, like, they were people who were doing very bad at this video game, but they wouldn't admit that. So they would just project all of their failures onto everyone else. Right. Interesting. And meanwhile, he is, against his better wishes, cleaning up despite having, like, taped his hands together. And... <laughs> just, can you imagine someone playing Overwatch with their tape, like, taped hands? Like hooves, essentially. Yeah, with fucking hooves. They're just there going, okay, come on, I need to lose. And then coming second last <laughs> going, how? How is this Gaining 10 ranks. Wasn't there like a bug for a while where if you got so low, it would actually put you at the top again? Oh, I never heard about that. I don't know. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah, so being good at games makes you an expert at life. Sure, that's what we're concluding. Yeah. I think that's a fair and unbiased assessment to make. He pitches, Jotaro hits a home run, Jagger's up 5-3. Bam, he's up. And Darby gives up. 
He's, he wavers for a second and then Kakyoin's soul shoots out of his body. Because weird, because I thought it was in the doll. What? No, it was in the doll. Oh, it didn't shoot out of the doll. Yeah, it okay. shot out of the Take doll from his mouth. a lot of notes this episode. <laughs> There's a lot going on. Yeah. Um, Kakyoin's soul shoots out of the doll, returns to his body. And then Joseph was like, <gasps> Kakyoin, you're Darby's back. like, oh no, I accidentally let go of his soul. And then Darby goes, no, 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 I didn't admit no, defeat. I-, I didn't lose. I didn't lose. No, no, that wasn't. You didn't win. It's like, no, I did not admit defeat, okay? that look It looks like I did, and all the effects that would happen if I did, did happen. But I didn't admit defeat. That's a different... That wasn't me. That was a different Darby. His soul was set free. Your own soul has admitted defeat. Shut up, and at this point, I'm not. I'm Darby not. sees, because of, jo- of course, Joseph and Jotaro have gone over to Kakyoin to, to help him get up after his harrowing experience. Yep. He sees... Those hermit purple thorns stretching from the controller that was in Jotaro's hand across the little island that they're on Just to Joseph's, Joseph's wrist. And he goes, hang on, is that... Hang on a minute. What? Is that your stand there, Joseph? And he's like, oh, whoopsie. <laughs> <laughs> whoopsie daisy. <laughs> yeah, look at my... I don't know how I could fall for something so stupid. Joseph was the one playing all along. So I fucking love this twist. Mm. I love it so much. Because it's so good. Yeah. Like, it's such a good usage. And you know what? It also keys back into your thinking previously that the declarations were a relevant factor. Yeah. Because they are. Because Jodoro would be declaring his pictures so that Joseph wouldn't do the same thing. Exactly. The, the difference being that I thought that was just how the stand worked. But no. Or would do something that was near enough to be fooling, you know. Yeah. You know, they've got their own thing going on. Yeah. But no, I just love it because it is literally that stupid. But yeah. at the same time, you look at it and you go, that's fucking genius. That's a genius manoeuvre. Mm-hmm. It's so dumb it worked. <laughs> he can't read my soul if he doesn't think I'm actually playing the game. Exactly. Yeah, your brother could have figured it out easily. But you're a chump who's only played video games instead of having real life experience, so you couldn't. Fucking chump lord. Well, Grandpa, I'm glad you caught on without me giving you any sort of signal. Well, this is what I wanted the plan to be. And he says, of course, you're my grandson. Anyway, get up, Kakuin. <laughs> Kakuin, you little shit, put your glasses back on. Darby's <sighs> like, no... <laughs> and then they say, now then. And they, they turn to face Darby and the sky behind them becomes a black void with like red hemming the screen. Super ominous their, bullshit. Their eyes are dark. <laughs> it's, it's a terrifying sight, then followed by... All that's left is to dispose of him. Hey, so, um... Oh, no, 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 no. Everything's back to normal now, right? No harm, no foul. I mean, we, we don't need to hit yeah, me, right? Go back we, to square, square one, yeah. You're, you're not going to like hit me with, you know, one of your hands, are you? Like, you know... Maybe, maybe you're not going to hit me with the left hand, right? No, 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 no. Okay, you're not, you're not going to hit me, poor old little Darby, with your right hand, are you? No, 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 no. It's going to be with both hands, isn't it? Yes, 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 yes. You're going to do that aura aura thing, aren't yes, you? Yes, 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 yes. Oh, no. And then he does the thing. He does the aura aura thing. Darby goes flying through the sky. And I don't mean he goes <laughs> flying into the sky. I mean, what we thought was the pink sky of this weird island zone. Is not a sky at all. But a ceiling of sorts, which he smashes through. And so there's just this hole in the ceiling now that is very abrupt. Yeah, pow. So It just looks like someone tore a hole in the sky. Yeah, and so it leads somewhere. We don't know where yet. And they're all like, well, let's go. And Jotaro says his immortal line. Yare, yare. Man, what a guy. Yep, and we break for an ad. No good ads this week. 
No, I don't think there was. I think we had... Oh, we had an interesting tourism ad for uh, Jerusalem, oh, right. Jerusalem and Tel Aviv. Yeah. Which probably... basically consisted of various women taking the, no, no, the, the point woman. of view... Oh, one woman. One woman taking the point of view camera man by the hand and leading them through various places. I mean, I don't know why they just stuck with Jerusalem and Tel Aviv. Like, just switching back and forth between them when they were like, so yeah, Israel, it's a cool happening place. <laughs> We've got more than... Jerusalem and Tel Aviv. Well, that wasn't what they were saying at all. That's not at all what they were saying. They're just like, we have Jerusalem and Tel Aviv. Meanwhile, in Dio's mansion, we go up some foggy stairs. Everything's very ambient and creepy. And uh, a man we've never seen before, although we have seen him before. Do you remember back when Dio was monologuing to his minions and we saw shadowy figures of what we now know to be Enya and this guy? I do not remember that. Enya was standing there and he was in that sort of same pose he was in this episode where he's sort of on on his knees with his fist on the floor. Oh! No, I do remember that. So what I'm saying is we've seen this guy before, shadowy. For, so the same same way we saw, got a preview of our pet shop way back when. Ah, there you go. Yeah. So he's knocking on Dio's door being like, uh, sorry to barge in. <laughs> hey, but, uh, uh, Ten minutes ago, uh, Jotaro, Joseph, Avdol and Kakuin, Polnareff and Iggy. <laughs> Literally all those guys. You know, all the protagonists. They yeah. entered the mansion. And uh, Darby... Just fucking died or whatever. Look, Darby may have been fucked up just a touch. Yeah. But hey... Uh... So, point of order. Those yeah. last two episodes took ten minutes. Yeah. So how long did those episodes go for? 23, give or take. So that's a good 40 minutes of... Or half an hour of content. Compressed. Into ten minutes. Well, you know, dramatic, dramatic pauses and slow motion really adds a lot of, lot of run time. <laughs> at least it's not them being like three minutes So this ago. guy, we get a good shot, at, good, good look at him now. Yeah. Um, let's describe him. He has long flowing hair. Sort of brownish. He is well ripped. He's got a sort of circlet that sort of runs diagonally across his forehead with um, hearts on it. He's wearing very tight pants. Leather, I would say. Possibly so tight that I wouldn't even call them pants. And also an, a matching shirt. Yeah, I think the shirt's blue and grey. Yeah, but he has a sort of like almost bandolier type thing on. With a love heart. A couple of love hearts, I think. Uh, which are do, right do you remember um, when we were talking about the design of Atom? How it had the heart? How uh, Araki was like, this is when I started using hearts as a motif. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, Continues. so some more hearts. And also something that we, that we started arguing about so much we actually had to go back about 30 <laughs> seconds is this guy, his name's Vanilla Ice. You know, like Vanilla Ice. Yeah. Um, I literally went, yeah, but he's got Roman numerals on his little he's, thing. He's got the letters VI on his bandolier thing. And we were like, six? What, is that in, what does that signify? <laughs> <laughs> I was just there like, why? Why would it be VI? That doesn't... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. So he's talking to Dio in his bedroom. And he's like, do you know what Darby lost? It's because... Jotaro and crew. Even though he was a genius who had the ability to win. Well, Jotaro and crew, they were willing to kill The Joe Stars are willing to throw away their lives to save Holly. And the other guys, I guess, have just decided they really hate me and would would die to see me dead. They're kind of willing to risk their lives. (laughs) They've decided running away from me means running away from life itself. It's a foolish notion, but it's important to them. I need to kill Dio's them. Do, remember how bombastic Dio was in part one? And now he's doing like all this this mysterious, ominous, quiet talking. Is he trying to be hella sexy or something? Is Maybe. that what this is? I mean, he doesn't have to try. Wow, okay. We're really letting forth some feelings here. <laughs> Darby had sworn fealty to me, but he wasn't ready to die for me, which is why he lost. He'll never know this. <laughs> Literally, the one thing that I could tell him 
before he died. But I never will. Hey, Vanilla Ice, check out my neck wound. So he pulls up his hair. Yep. Dio pulls up his hair. Uh, blonde and flowing. Shows him like some scars. Which we've seen before. With like a heap of triangles on it. Mm-hmm. Um, that is the scar between his body, or his head rather, and Jonathan's body. Yeah. Remember Jonathan Joester? Man, what a guy. What a guy. What a fantastic What a gentleman. Yeah. What an American gentleman. No. Oh. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, man. <laughs> Your face has just gone from, yes, this is an episode two. I, oh, I just man. went on a whole mental journey there because I was like, what if Dio put his head on a dog's body? And then, of course, I remembered the dog with the face of a man. <laughs> yep. Yep. Do you reckon maybe that was... Okay, this that is was gonna... the prototype for Dio saving his life if everything went to shit. No, no, no. Point. Do you reckon that was maybe a reference to Iggy? Where because Iggy, I is don't not... think you would get a reference to something that happened what a few years of manga later. No, no, no. But the manga had already well come out by that point, hadn't it? What are you talking about? So the manga for part three, yeah, had come out well before. The part one anime. Oh, yeah, that came That's, out in 2012. Yeah, so do you reckon maybe they were just like, okay, guys, we need a cool little in-joke. No, the dog with the face of a man was in the Are manga. you fucking kidding me? That was in the manga. Why would it not be? Because maybe you don't draw people who have dog bodies, you know? I mean, Jack the Ripper had already burst fully formed from a horse's neck, <laughs> so I don't really see... Look, it's, it's bizarre. It's not outlandish, sir. It's an adventure. It's not a. But we're getting sidetracked. Yes. Dio's anyway. giving us important exposition. So I think I only need the blood of one more person, and then Jonathan's body will finally be mine, and the wound will be healed. So Vanilla Ice goes, "Sure, take mine." Well, he's like, "Vanilla Ice, will you give me your blood?" Yeah, sure, go for it. And then he chops off his own head. Well, not quite. There's a bit more to it than that. Yeah, okay. Do so you think he's a, he's very eager to do this. Oh yeah, absolutely. Do you think he's done this before? <laughs> like Vanilla Ice, <laughs> I need something from you. Okay, sure. <laughs> No, no, I just wanted you to go get me some new batteries. <laughs> just like, Vanilla Ice, I need you to make me some muffins. Give you blood. Gotcha. <laughs> you know, if I have to keep resurrecting you every fucking time, I need to ask you for a petty job. I may as well just leave you dead. So what he does is he pulls out his big creepy stand. So his stand looks halfway between a demon and a like a gorilla kind of thing. So I'm going to do the, I don't have a name for this kind of segment yet. The equivalent of the, oh my God tarot time segment for this stand now okay not the hello egypt segment so okay is uh, this, this segment is called uh ice ice baby <laughs> so is this because you were telling me we just had the last egyptian god yeah so this stand i can't remember if it's named in fiction or not okay is named cream that is a good name which is that of course is... named after the band cream yeah from uh, the 60s and also forms a very stupid pun with vanilla ice's name <laughs> Oh my god, of course it does. Oh, and uh, no. Araki had the following to say about uh, cream in its in the, the Jojo Ville note. A stand where you eat yourself. I was thinking about nothingness and infinity. The design comes from the god of death and executioners. Like the guys that decapita- decapitated people in medieval France. <laughs> I'm sorry? Were they gods? They were executioners. That's true, that's true. Wait, so it came from the god of death and execution? Yeah, the god of death. And executioners. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So the god of death. I don't know, man. Yeah. He doesn't say what god? I would imagine some sort of Japanese god. Yeah, possibly. Let's do a quick Google. Japanese god God of death. death. Shinigami. Which is, of course, used in various popular manga. Yep. Yep. That is definitely a god of death, all right. I mean, I'm, you know, I am seeing oh. some anime stuff here, like Death Note. Yeah. But, uh, you know, this looks to be some folk art or something. and It's not entirely dissimilar. 
You know, there's 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 not dissimilar imagery in this Google search, is what I'm saying. Yeah, there's some swords and there's some fucking uh, bleach shit. There's, there's some masks. There's some killing. There's a Star Wars reference. Anyway, yeah. So that's God something. Of, God of death. Yeah. And executioners. So, um, cream. Creme. The band. The band that I believe was formed sometime in the 50s or 60s. 60s! There it is. They formed, would you believe it, the foundations of heavy metal. Tell me more. So, back in the day, Cream was sort of the first band to break out of that controlled rock. Like, really popular rock bands like, um, what's the band that does, um, The House of the Rising Sun. Oh, The Doors. No, not The Doors. Oh. Um... Uh, the doors were like break on through to the other side. I don't know, man. Shit. The the guys that did House of the Rising Sun, that kind of like easygoing rock. Keith Richards and what's his face? No, okay. not Rolling Stones. God no. Um, I can't remember what they were called though. The animals. The animals. The animals. So the animals had like this sound that was very kind of controlled, right? That kind of controlled rock was very popular. And then Cream came along. And we're like, you know what? Nah, fuck it. We're just going to go a little bit crazy. This is, of course, uh, Ginger Baker, Eric Clapton, and Jack Bruce. Eric Clapton. Damn fine guitarist. That's a name I recognise. So, yeah, they sort of uh, started playing more energetic, more kind of out there rock. Sort of stuff with a bit more energy, a bit more punch, which, you know, Wikipedia informs me they provided a heavy yet technically proficient musical theme that foreshadowed and influenced the emergence of British bands such as Led Zeppelin, Deep Purple, and Black Sabbath. Yep. They were, uh, they were the forerunners. Forerunners? Ah, uh, just like in Halo. <laughs> <laughs> they were, if nothing else, one of the great. Remember when Cream created the seven ring installations designed to hold back the flood? Man. Do you remember the, the Covenant? I'm trying to think of Covenant, but Clapton, and I'm not coming, I'm not coming up with anything. That's nothing. No, never mind. Vanilla Ice. So Vanilla Ice, 90s guy, or 80s? Um, I associate him with the 90s, certainly. Yeah. Ah, uh, Ice Ice Baby, which was, of course, his biggest hit, Ice was a Ice 1990s Baby. single. Ah, Actually, there you 1990, go. sorry. 1990. Yeah. And he's, of course, also known for his starring turn singing the ninja rap in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 Secret of the Ooze. I will not hear a word against that rap. That's got a. Uh, that movie's got good Jim Henson puppetry for the turtle suits. <laughs> I agree. I agree. He was. Got a uh, Super Shredder. Those other two guys whose names I can't remember, they're like Tokar and Razog or something. One's a big wolf, one's a big snapping turtle. Wait, a big snapping turtle? Yeah. But I thought it was just mutant teenage They make their own turtles. evil mutants to fight the turtles. Ah, uh, I see, I see. That's that the secret sense. of the ooze. You can make mutants with it. Oh, I see. And now you know the rest of the story. Don't try that at home. <laughs> so Vanilla, Vanilla Ice. Ice. He, look... You know, he, uh, I think he's in real estate now. Oh, I never heard that. I think because like he had his massive hits and then he went, cool. Well, I don't think I'm going to be able to do this forever. I'm going to go into real estate. And now he's like a real estate mogul. In December 2011, Ice played Captain Hook in the Chatham-Kent Central Pantomime production of Peter Pan, a role that previously belonged to Henry Winkler, who was, of course, the Fonz. Huh. Oh, he's a panto guy. I'm a panto guy. You're a panto guy. Yeah. He's a panto guy. Yeah. Could you be Vanilla Ice? Yes. And you heard it here first. Liam is officially becoming the new Vanilla Ice, known as Chocolate Chill. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> An anecdote that I hear about Vanilla Ice concerts on a lot of podcasts, mm. or it's happened at least once, uh, is that he would do concerts and everyone would come for Ice Ice Baby. As, as you would. And then he would open with it and then or when, after he played it, people would start to slowly filter out. 
So he stops what he's doing as he's noticing this and just launches back into it again and everyone's back on board. <laughs> okay. I guess that's what being a bit of a one-hit wonder's like. So he just starts singing Ice Ice Baby and then stops it. No, he starts it, finishes it. Crowd goes wild. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, we got what we came for. Let's get out of here. He stops what he's doing after that when he notices it and just does it again. <laughs> does he just have a whole concert of Ice Ice Baby? No. Aww. Aww. But... For legally distinct IP protection reasons, Mm -hmm. in our subtitles, Vanilla Ice is known as Cool Ice. Now, why is he known as Cool Ice? Well, I'll tell you. So, the JoJo Wiki purports that this is a reference to Cool as Ice, a 1991 American romantic musical comedy film directed by David Kellogg and starring Vanilla Ice in his feature film debut. What? He was in a film? The film focuses on the character of Johnny Van Owen, a freewheeling motorcycle-riding rapper who arrives in a small town and meets Kathy, an honor student who catches his eye. Meanwhile, Kathy's father, who is in witness protection, (laughs) is found by the corrupt police officers he escaped from years ago. Okay, but how is this a movie and not just Vanilla Ice? Well, I don't think Vanilla Ice ever fought corrupt cops. How do you know? <laughs> I mean, this just sounds like Vanilla Ice's life. Yes, there's a song apparently called Cool as Ice, parentheses, everybody get loose. So maybe that's a bit more... more Along the lines oh, that's of from the soundtrack, be. though. Oh, okay. Rated two stars on allmusic.com. Tisk tisk. <sighs> and that's Vanilla Ice, I guess. I, I guess, sure. The most dangerous foe the Stardust Crusaders may ever face. <laughs> <laughs> but what about Dio? Dio must be pretty fucking strong. True. Unless... Unless. But we're getting sidetracked. So, Vanilla Ice cuts off his own head. Yes, uh, using his stand. Yeah, which comes out as a big creepy god of death slash executioner and Judo chops his head off. Uh, And so we don't... And he sort of bleeds in. It's hard to make out through the censorship, but he sort of looks like he's bleeding into a vase. Yeah, he kind of seems to be holding up this urn or something. Mm, For Dio to drink from. Yeah, not Um, a bowl, just an urn. Yeah, standard standard blood urn. Yeah, so Dio just goes... He gets out of bed. Look, buddy. Still shirtless. Not what I wanted. He does say, this makes me happy. (laughs) You know, not many people are willing to sacrifice themselves for me, but you seem so eager. Yeah. I cannot accept blood from someone of your calibre. To me, that sounds a bit like he's putting him down. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I I would accept blood from you if you weren't such a shitlord. Yeah, but no, obviously he means it the other way. Like, no. Ice, you're great. I need you around. I would accept- I love this guy. Get a load of him. (laughs) He's got these hearts on. He's got that Roman numeral on his chest. (laughs) What six? You know, what is so it mysterious? <laughs> I'll take another's blood. Return to life with my blood, and no doubt you will triumph. Vanilla Ice wakes up. I mean, w- will he though? And he's like, Lord Dio, I'm back. Hey, Vanilla Ice. The uh, pro tip: don't immediately chop off your head next time, because mm. I probably don't but need. Just your let blood. me finish what I'm saying. <laughs> just let me do my thing, okay? Slow down. Let me do my work. It's best you have your own body. That's immediately compatible with you. Not like me. I'm stuck with this piece of shit who I love and hate. <laughs> I have a new body now. But man, fuck this body. And he's like, Lord Dio, I will live up to your expectations and eliminate them all without fail. Then his stand eats him. <laughs> uh, now, this is where things get really weird because his stand... Like cream... Yeah, he eats himself. Sort of cream shoves vanilla ice into his mouth and then grabs himself by his legs, puts them in his mouth, and then like a a, a duchess and a hound sucking up so much spaghetti <laughs> just sort of inhales himself. Um, yeah, and he just sort of vanishes into nothingness, leaving a purple orb or yeah, something. The purple, sort of invisible orb. The orb um Trump. smashes through the wall. 
Is it? Does it smash or does it just disintegrate? Well, sort of the phases wall? through the wall, disintegrating a big hole in it with it. Yeah, and Dio just goes, "You could at least use the door." <laughs> After all, your stand can disappear completely from this world. Ooh, what does it mean that the stand disappears completely from this world and can punch holes in walls? Shit, that's intense. Okay, anyway, we get a brief title card with like "Stand Master Vanilla Ice Stand Name Question Mark Question Mark Question Mark." I mean, his stand master has to be. Or his stand name will undoubtedly have to be Krem. As I told you. Since you just told me. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, you guys you guys remember um, Avdol Polarefenigi, the Expendables? <laughs> They're just standing outside doing nothing. So it's been about 10 minutes. And uh, Abdul, We haven't done anything in this time. I think Avdol's basically said, all right, the time's up. He told us to burn it, but let's go in there instead. We we can't burn this place. It's it's shit. Like, we can't burn it down. That's ridiculous. But before we go in, just know, if you guys get lost or injured in there, I don't plan to help you. Well, fucking thanks. <laughs> you know, really great great to know that you're such a good friend, Avdol. I could, but we need to keep the mission in mind. We're here to kill Dio. Way to play the fucking if, objective. If we, if we get all distracted trying to save each other's lives, chances are we all might die. Ugh. You know, look out for number one. Way to take the fucking high ground. So I want you to promise me that if I'm defeated or I get lost, you won't try to stop me for your own safety. Uh, after that speech, sure. I think we can all abide by that. And if we get out alive, I'll treat you to a fancy dinner. I wouldn't have it any other way, Polnareff. Oh, I'm sorry. It's the other way around. Polnareff says that. I and Iggy's like, uh, and uh, Avdol's all like, sure, Iggy too. Now, this is one of my favorite shots from the episode because it's split down the middle between Avdol and Polnareff. And it's like, like in that moment of... Yeah, we're going to do this together. And then Avdol goes, yeah, and I'll bring Iggy too. And then Iggy takes up like a good third of the screen yeah. as well. And it's just his face there going, yeah, <laughs> I'll be there too. <laughs> Me, Iggy. I'm a friend. I'm part of the team now. <laughs> I'm keen on things because I'm a dog. That's what I do with my time. Okay, here we go. Let's get in there. Chariot. Polarif calls out Silver Chariot who... Taps the floor. Yeah, kneels down the floor and taps it with his sword. I guess to make sure there's no traps. He's doing a, ch- a trap check. <laughs> to be fair, last time someone stepped on that floor, they saw it open beneath them and that's you'd, true. Like void opened up. Yeah, but the thing is, the thing is, even though the floor did open up, that was clearly because of something else. Yeah, you know. But you can't be too careful with these doom mansions. <laughs> I suppose so. Yeah, there's a lot of fog around. They do some stealth. There's a lot of fog around. You know, they're sidling up to doorways, that sort of stuff. Mm. Then Abdul stopped. He told us to set it on fire. But in a labyrinth like this, it could put us all in danger. Yeah, unless you walk outside. Yeah. Magician's Red comes out for one last time, question mark. Nah, it'll be again. Don't you worry. Again, it looks like he's having a great time. It's like, yeah, boy, I'm a fucking bird man. And he makes this thing that looks like sort of a, you know those jacks? You know, you'll play a game of jacks where you throw a ball and you just scoop up as many as you can. Yep. He makes something that vaguely looks like one of those, but out of fire. Yep. And uh, this is where I call a little bit of bullshit, because Abdul explains that it can sense life within something like 15 metres. 15 metre radius, because it has six six flame points Uh pointing up, down... Forward, back, left, and right, uh-huh. forming a perfect radius with which to de- detect any life in 15 meters. It can sense breathing, respiration, and movement, and stand energy. Uh huh. I'm sure it can. You know, magic. Yeah. Here's the thing. At what point? We never had any indication that this was even physically possible. And now he's like, yep, so this flame is magic. It's got a new power. Gah. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. It angers me. Power <laughs> angers me. 
they're walking through this maze and they're like, they were dragged downwards, so let's go down these stairs. Okay. That is a terrible plan. This is literally like watching a horror film where like, <laughs> you know, where they go, oh, but maybe if I look backwards, then I can move forwards. You're like, why would you ever think that? Anyway. So they come down these stairs and the fire starts reacting to something. <gasps> He's right ahead on the left. And Iggy sniffs. He's got some guy's scent. What is it, boy? What is it? The fool! Comes out. Yep. Smashes a pillar and just kills a guy. Uh, out falls a man named, what was it? Kenny G, as the narrator informs us. Or as we had it in the translation. Billy Jean. Now. So, Kenny no, G. No fight with this guy whatsoever. Just, he's like the sun, you know, where we're in the middle of the desert. The stand might be hard, but you know what? Guy isn't. We can yeah. just murder him. But he exists enough for me to have a Jojo Velo commentary to share with you. Really? What? Kenny G and his stand, Tenor Sax. Are you fucking kidding me right now? A stand I put in to add some resting time to the story. I really like Kenny G's sax music, so I'm sorry to him for making him a disposable mook. (laughs) A disposable mook. Yep. There you go. Such a way with words, you know? Yeah, it's quite poetic in its own way. Kenny G, Nick. Kenny G, I haven't actually heard any Kenny G. I've heard a little, though I couldn't name any songs. Uh, He's just a saxophone player. Um, He did something... He's quote-unquote just a sax player. Liam Smith, 2017. (laughs) He did something vaguely mimetic a little while back that I'm trying to remember. Was it that one? Was it Sergio? Well, he's one of the best-selling artists of all time, according to Wikipedia. (laughs) Yeah, so he just plays some sax, that's all. Yeah, he was on SNL a little while back. He was on SNL? Yeah. There you go. He must be big. If he's on SNL, only big people are on SNL. And famous ones too. Ah, 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 ah. Sure. Why is no one laughing? Anyway, saxophone, Kenny G. So he's a sax player. Yeah. But he's a disposable mook. <laughs> mm-hmm. R.I.P. And of course, Billie Jean is a 1982 song by Michael Jackson. Billie Jean are made of these. Wait, no. <laughs> no? <laughs> no, Billie Jean's aren't made of these. What am I talking about? Um, the Billie... kid is not my son. The kid is not his son. Her son? Their son. My son. Your your son. Background. There never was a real Billie Jean. The girl in the song is a composite of people my brothers have been plagued with over the years. I could never understand how these girls could say they were carrying someone's child when it wasn't true. And yet... Here we are. And yet, perhaps that assertion hasn't aged particularly well... Given, you know, a lot of recent stuff. <laughs> sure. Sure. But Michael Jackson, I don't know. The kid was not his son. The kid wasn't his son. <laughs> anyway, that's um, long live Kenny G. Kenny G, saxophonist, man at heart. So they were all like, Iggy smelled him and he killed him. Look, the, the maze is disappearing. Now we're just in a regular huge mansion. Huh. Place looks uh, pretty nice, actually. Yeah, yeah it's got a nice velvet rug. <laughs> kind of spooky, but... It's got some pillars about. It's all red. Yeah, yeah. It's all very well. Anyway, let's keep going. Yeah, it's all very red. And they're walking. And Avdal puts his hand on this pillar. And he just kind of leans against it for a second and, and looks realizes at it. There's, huh, writing. there's writing on this. There's writing on the wall. Literally. After you see this writing and turn around, you will... Oh, the last word's covered by my thumb. Whoopsie I'll, daisy. I'll just go ahead and move that. And then we get a lot of shots of Polnareff and Iggy walking... And Avdol's panicked face as he sees the word, die. die, what? Huh, why, there's no change in the flame and Iki's not smelling anything. So then how could I possibly die? Avdol. Maybe I should uh, look behind me just to be careful. So he turns around and looks. There's the half-formed body of cream there, half in its void. 
looming behind him. And Abdol's eye, close up, supremely dilated. Yeah. He's freaking the fuck out. And he does what he told the others not to do. What did he tell the others not to do? He told them to only worry about their own safety and... Ah, true. And instead he bats them out of the way. Instead he sacrifices himself to to punch Polnareff and Iggy in the face, (laughs) thereby knocking them out of the path of harm. Good on Avdol. Now, unfortunately, that means that... Yes. Yeah. I do want to stave off, because we're in the end game here, I want to stave off some annoying speculation. Okay. Avdol did just die. Are you fucking kidding me? Really? No. No, I'm not kidding you. No. You don't cheat death twice in Georgia, unless you're Dio, I guess. What? Okay, hang on. So he sacrificed himself to save them, but he's just gone with zero to no fanfare. That's right. What? Fuck. I am not buying that, but okay. I would not lie to you. Wouldn't you? Well, I guess I did lie to you about Avdol being dead a lot before. Yeah, for a good, like, 20 episodes. Not that many episodes. Good 15 episodes. <laughs> no, he has to be alive. Surely. Surely. I don't know. Anyway. They pick themselves up and they're like, what? What was that? Oh my god, look. Look at those smoking severed arms on the ground over there. As we know, when people die in JoJo, they give off death steam. Mm. So I don't think... Polnareff quite puts it together. No. That like, they're Avdol's. Avdol. Where'd you go? Avdol? Avdol. Avdol. And that creature, Cream, advances. <laughs> that, <laughs> that dragon, Cream. <laughs> what is that? Where did it come from? Iggy, you couldn't smell it. And Iggy is just freaking he's out. He's having a bad time. I mean, I can imagine. He couldn't smell it. He's in like, like a very defensive posture. His, his teeth are all chittering. He's sweating away. Dogs don't sweat. <laughs> What's... There was a bit before where he's like, Iggy, what's going on? Tell me. I was like, dogs can't talk. Why are you telling him to tell you? (laughs) Iggy, why didn't you tell me if there was something around? I can't talk, you fool. Oh, no. Um, Vanilla Rice pops out. Or maybe he just speaks through cream. No, no, he's he's still stuck in the mouth very ominously going, Hey. Hey, how's it going, guys? Apparently You guys having fun in the mansion? This is how Vanilla Rice talks now. Ice, ice. Baby. Baby. Avdol's being disintegrated. He's dead. I don't know where the void in my mouth leads. If It's a d- dimension of pure darkness, and I sent him there. Awkward. And then I will do that to you. In order, I will correct your arrogant belief that you can defeat Dio. Well, I need a little shit. I am very much not arrogant. I believe it deep in my heart that I can kill him. Oh, and as he's speaking, he's picked up Avdol's arms. And then after he says this next bit, he just shoves him down his gulp. Oh. I, I shall scatter you through my dimension of darkness. All right, jump, Anson. jump, jump. All right, Anson, keep keep it calm, keep it calm. And Polaroff is just freaking out. Polaroff's like, Avdol, you kill Avdol. Don't lie to me, Avdol. Ah, to be continued. Fuck. Hype app. Hype app. What happens? So much happens. Is Avdol really dead? Nick Avdol is dead. No, no, he can't be dead. He's been disintegrated. No, here's the thing. Okay. It's either... Everything but his arms were disintegrated and then his arms were disintegrated. No, because it's either going to be Avdol got disintegrated, but we had no fanfare, or Avdol's alive, he just has no arms. (laughs) (laughs) Can you get two robot arms? That's true. There's a lot of conjecture about uh, amongst JoJo fans about what the exact nature of this dimension of darkness is, Mm. Uh, but it's never elaborated on and... There are other future stands with similar concepts, which are also never elaborated on. And for all intents and purposes, it has been erased from existence. Oh, 
Okay. There's so. a good bit. I was watching a Let's Play of Sonic Forces recently. Ah, oh, Christ. Okay. In which Eggman reveals his master plan and sends um, Sonic and the the player avatar to a dimension of pure darkness where they'll be trapped forever. Then, as soon as they get there, there's this thing they've done a couple of this game, in, a couple of times in the game to this point where they high five and then run really fast. As soon as they get there, <laughs> sounds pretty. Sunky. They do that and then just immediately run really fast and get out of this dimension. <laughs> a lot of build up for not a huge obstacle, Eggman. I mean, I'm in a new dimension of darkness. So let's run super fast and that lets us get out. I guess crazier things happen in the Flash. That's true. You were telling me about time ghosts. A lot of well, I my roommates watch it. I only see like three quarters of every other episode. But there are time ghosts in that show. As soon as you mention time, everything just has to go to shit, doesn't it? Yeah. That's why Doctor Who. Oh, god damn it, Doctor Who. Anyway. Anyway. Highlights and lowlights of this episode. Okay. Highlight has to be the way that they unveiled the twist on Darby. Because, oh my god, it's so... A lot of good presentation. So stupid good, you know? Not even remotely bad. Mm -hmm. Just very dumb. Which is perfect. Because how else would you do it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, amazing. You never see it coming. Fair enough. Yep. Highlight. Avdol. I feel like his role in this episode perfectly encapsulates the sort of two sides of his character we saw both post and (laughs) pre-resurrection. Because as they're entering the mansion, he's all, um, okay, we need to be calm and calculating about this and and be rational and I'll make this magic that detects people and we'll we'll be really informed as we go through. And then in the moment, he's utterly impulsive and he just... He does what he can to save his friends and he sacrifices his life for it. And I, that, that really works for me. But he can't be dead. There's no way. Sure. Low light, Nick. Low light. Um, uh, hmm. Hmm. I suppose the only low light that I can think of for this entire episode would be with Vanilla Ice. Yeah. Because Vanilla Ice doesn't really do anything. I was going to say the same thing for Kenny G. Yeah, Kenny G is a bit, oh yeah, now we're just- we're, a- we're just coming into Ice's story now. Yeah. Plenty of time yet for him to do things. The thing is, he has this little bit with Dio and it's like, oh, I'll chop my head for you. It's like, okay, but... Why? Yeah, you didn't really do anything, you know? (laughs) You you just chopped off your head and you're like, yes, I'll do it. It's like, okay, subservience aside, you did nothing. He's so devoted to his master for reasons that are never elaborated on. So was everyone else, I guess. Not Darby. Well, Darby-ish. But he wouldn't kill himself for Dio. That's true. Or would he? Hmm. 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 No. Your low light? I just told you. Yeah, but what specifically about Kenny G's He doesn't death? do anything. But was it the bit where Iggy slashed into the wall? Was it when it's he just fell so out? anticlimactic. Was it the ending where we just got the text on the screen that was like, Kenny G! I feel like I've said enough. Okay, all right. So, Nick. Yeah? Our heroes are in a bit of a tight spot. What? Polnareff and Iggy are faced with a foe they can't detect until the moment it strikes. Sure. Avdol's dead. I suppose he is, yeah. The other gang are who knows where in the mansion. Oakley Doakley. What do you think is going to happen next time in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 3, Stardust Crusaders Season 2, Battle in Egypt, in the episode entitled The Miasma of the Void, Vanilla Ice Part 2? Okay, let me start off by saying I already hate his stand so much. Why? So, I've mentioned Vampire Hunter D before on this podcast. You have? I have. Have I? Yeah, I have. Yes. Um, And I've read a book of Vampire Hunter D. Sure. Where there were two guys who could disintegrate matter on whim. And I immediately went, that seems ridiculously OP. Now, this stand seems to be able to disintegrate matter on whim. While providing a perfect shield for its user. So I'm sitting here like, yeah, okay, but that seems OP and kind of annoying. 
Like, I don't like super OP powers like that, where you look at them and you just go, oh, well, I can just disintegrate all matter within, like, a small region, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I'm figuring that that's not going to be the main thing that happens next episode. Okay. It's not going to be a matter of, oh, I'll just get bigger and then run into you. It'll be something like, okay, I'm going to stay, like, the size of me, and then I'll disappear and then reappear, and then something will happen, but I won't be able to kill you yet. So, yeah. Knowing more stuff about Vanilla Rice's character than has yet been revealed, mm -hmm. I feel like the trap, the dumb trap he pulled on Avdol mm. with that text is very unlike him. Right. So I'm surprised that's how he makes his debut. Huh. With the text and the, if you read this, you will die. Oh, huh, okay. Is he, is he more direct? He's very a... straightforward um, without giving anything away. Hmm. Well, maybe he will just... He's a straight shooter, that Vanilla Ice. I mean, it might... Well, if he's a Shinigami kind of guy, then... Or the god of death. If you're you um, conflating the stand and the user. Oh, I see. I see. Okay, well, here's the thing. If the god of death seems like a very straightforward proposition, doesn't it? Where he's like, I look like the god of death. Maybe I'll just be about killing things. <laughs> you know? That kind of vibe, maybe. All right. Hmm. But then he's always going to be in that void, isn't he? He can, he can just sit. Um, unless they can figure out some way to draw him out, I guess. Yeah, he can just sit in that void. Unless Iggy uses the full to pull him Unless out, there but... are some drawbacks that you aren't yet aware of. Yeah. Maybe he can only use it for a short amount of time. Maybe he has to hold his breath. Maybe he has to... There's no air in that dimension of darkness. <laughs> it's true. It's void. Who knows? Maybe there's some kind of... Okay, so what if... Here's my thing. What if the the stand seems unbeatable right now, and then Joseph shows up? I can predict where it's coming from. Yeah, and he'll go, the next thing you'll say is, I am the master of darkness. And then he just goes, well, I am the master of dark." What? How did you know? And then he's sent back to the dimension from whence he came. Yeah, I'll get you to eat yourself. But I'll not get him to say his way. own name backwards and thereby banishing <gasps> him back to his home dimension. What if Iggy just eats him? Yeah, what if, uh, oh no, my one weakness was dogs tearing out my throat. <laughs> um, okay, all right. There has to be an actual thing that I can draw here. So if he's more straightforward then that means he'll probably just get big and try to attack them. But Like a Power Rangers villain. Yeah. Is he bound by inertia, though? That's the question. Because I assume he's not, if he can phase through things. I think you've made some predictions. Okay. Leave it for next time. Okay. All let's, right. Let's wrap this baby up. All right. If you want to correspond with us, you can reach us at jojospodcast at gmail.com or the same on Twitter. Our theme music is Jojo Wave 2 by Nick Ballantyne. Yo, what up? And until next time. Oh, and if you like the show... uh. And you want to support us financially? Patreon.com slash JoJo's World. <laughs> Until next time. <gasps> to, to be, be continued. continued.